Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-host Evan Fagundis. Hello, everybody. And JT Chipman. Hello, hello. And this week we are discussing Stanley Kubrick's 1964 Doctor Strange Love or Evan. How I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. I'm sorry, oh, I was not prepared. That was good. He, he put you on the spot and you came I did, through. I did, put, I did put you on the spot and you came through. Yeah, we're talking Dr. Strangelove, but first and foremost, how are we? How's everybody feeling? Feeling great. We're, we're going right into the holiday season, and I know it's not a normal holiday season, but um, I don't know. There's something about it that, that feels good. It's disappointing to see how bad COVID is right now around the united states but i feel like we're we're staying safe and our family's staying safe so as long as that's happening you know i don't know i'm feeling good myself chip same here all in all feeling all right uh just trying to truck my way through you know not trying to think too much about any seasonal depression around the corner but when you've got (laughs) movies every week to watch it it really helps with it honestly like like it's weird like having a schedule like this you know helps out with like a routine that that pushes those things away yeah. Agreed. I, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's like it's fun to have things to look forward to. And, and you know, like, you know, this started as really just almost like a movie club for, you know, me and Evan, like a movie book club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now getting like and talk Sean. About it. we got to give and, him a shout out and Sean and Sean uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, but but he's not dead. No, he <laughs> I <laughs> we're off the rails. We're off the rails early. Yes, he's not dead. He's just no longer with the group. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's great. But honestly, this week was this week was wild. This is a classic. This is something I'm excited to have checked off my list. It's been on my list for a while. Hadn't seen it uh, before. And man, is I guess I have thoughts, Chip. I mean, <laughs> what what do you think about this movie? Oh, man, I, I love this movie a lot. Uh, it's so hard. Like, whenever I walk out of, you know, not really walk out of, but whenever I finish a Kubrick movie, I automatically think it's his best. And that that's the effect that he leaves on me. It's almost impossible to properly give his movies a ranking because the afterglow of every single film with Kubrick is, is that good. I mean, and Dr. Strangelove, it's so unexpectedly funny. If you're not really prepared for it, you know, it's, it's the funniest movie about the darkest reality I can imagine. You know, it's this uh, satirical take on the military industrial complex uh, in the Cold War, uh, all the various figures and stereotypes within that industry, looking at the nuclear weapons. All these all these characters in this movie are very childlike. They're very mm-hmm. they're very goofy and silly. Um, and there's a very dark subtext, of course, underneath that with the severity of death they're dealing with, but he balances it very well, I think. Yeah, I think you touched on something there. I was not mentally prepared for it to be this funny. Like, I sat <laughs> down to watch this movie, and I had, I had no... I, like, almost at, like, I got, like, 15 minutes in. I'm like, should I be, like, belly laughing? I was like, is this supposed to be... I was like, is this supposed to be, like, this ridiculously hilarious? Like, that's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Like, it's genuinely yeah. one of one of the most well like well executed satires like in its like truest truest form like it doesn't it it there are times when it it like 
goes a little bit overboard and but it never crosses over into like full farce you know what i mean it just is always like riding that that line where it like every time it it takes you to like the edge of like okay you know maybe this is like being a little bit too ridiculous it pulls you back in with like you know a more serious uh note but evan evan what do you think of this movie had you had you seen it before Oh yeah, I've seen, this was one of the my dad is um Stanley Kubrick is for sure his favorite uh filmmaker. So I got introduced to lots of Kubrick like well before I understood what any of this was. So it's really interesting to like watch it every couple of years and remember what I first thought when I saw it when I was, you know, like 8 or whatever. Um this movie is fucking outrageous. Like Ouch. it is <laughs> it, it's like for sure, probably the craziest movie we've talked about yet on this podcast. I love it so much, and it it shows through. I mean, I I know Chip and I talk about it a lot and stuff, but like loving the Coen Brothers, um, loving some of these, even like Tarantino. You can see where they're watching a movie like this, saying like, "How can we do this sort of thing?" And yeah, it's not uh you know one to one, but mm-hmm. the parallels are are so clear. I just love this movie so much. It is so funny. And um, I mean, it's the definition of like, I, I think it's maybe an hour 40 or something, but it feels yeah. like a tight 90. It feels like it's like 50 minutes long, honestly. You fly through it. Um, but oh my God, I had such a great time. I watched it twice, like honestly, back to back. I finished it, just tossed it on again at like midnight and just watched it again. I love this movie so much. Yeah, I had to watch it twice too to reconcile like my feelings on the movie. I was just like... I was like, what did I just watch? Like the first time I finished, I literally just looked, I stared at the blank screen. And I was like, what did I just watch? Like the ending mm-hmm. is just so, it's yeah. so out. It's so wild. It's so wild. Just, what an amazing needle drop, by it, the way, it's, for, it's, that, for that ending. I completely agree. And, and, you know, I will say it does something that basically everyone has tried to do since and it's just not been able to pull it off in the same way and there have been some good runs you know like john stewart uh, like early to mid 2000s daily show like there have <laughs> been some like different runs of like people pulling off satire in a way that does straddle the line between like overly ridiculous and actually having a point but this movie is so perfect with it that it's like it almost ruins all other satire like every time i watch this movie i'm like Everything else is just so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's just there's such like every all the performances I think are really good, and that's part of what makes it oh, like yeah. so good because there are I feel like there are a lot of people in a lot of different movies in the in this movie. They're all like, but it works so so well, and like it takes <laughs> it takes a lot for someone to be able to deliver a speech on bodily fluids and, <laughs> and like you like take it seriously and like you're supposed to take it seriously because it sounds so ridiculous how serious he sounds talking about it. It's mm-hmm. just the most, it's so absurd. I mean, I don't know. Does, I, I want to, obviously we have the categories, you know, coming up and, you know, we're going to choose our favorites and all those, but like, is there any like general, more general thoughts that you guys like want to get out before we get into categories? Like Chip, do you have anything? I'm yes. sure. Yes. I do want to say this before I hand it off to you. I watched this movie and the first thought that popped in my head is like, this is a Chip movie. This is <laughs> so Chip. This movie is so Chip it hurts. 
No, it's it's a perfect uh, rebound from the uh, overt propaganda of the Bigelow movies that we watched last week um, yes. because of how satirical and, and sharp-witted it is. Something that I want to talk about um, is obviously this movie is about the Cold War and about nuclear weapons, but the second uh, metaphor that's playing into this movie is sex. This movie mm-hmm. is so erotic. And you might not – I when I watched it when I was younger, I did not certainly pick up on these things. But coming back to it, it is erotic as hell, and, and more often than not, it's homoerotic. I mean the opening scene, you have the B-52s being refueled, and it focuses on the fucking long fuel pipes connecting and disconnecting and penetrating the planes to fill them with fuel, and it keeps going. You've got cigars. Characters are eating hot dogs and sub sandwiches. The missiles are, of course, phallic. So much is made of the survival kit with the condoms and lipsticks and stockings. Uh, they, they, at one point, the uh, Russian ambassador ends up on Turgeson's lap, and they just like stay there for five minutes while they're having a conversation with the president. It's it's so erotic, and I, I don't know if I fully understand why Kubrick chose to make a movie about the Cold War so sexual, um, but I'm here for it. I agree. And there are honestly a couple of other things like, you know, Sterling Hayden, uh, General Ripper's um, kind of second big speech to uh, Peter Sellers playing Mandrake is literally about how he doesn't give his like manliness to women anymore. Like he he's basically <laughs> going through this whole conversation about how he can get it up and he can get it going and he it, <laughs> like can be aroused, but he doesn't give it to women anymore. It's like the the themes that this is playing off of play so well now as far as like you know this new age not new age not that they haven't been around before but this like online incel movement is like totally represented in this movie um also the other thing that i noticed that's so specific to now that i'm sure was specific to back then as well was um like the buying into um conspiracy theories and how yeah. willing people are and not only willing, but eager people are to buy into conspiracy theories. It reminded me so much. I mean, he's talking about fluoride in the water, which is literally what Alex Jones goes on Infowars.com and rants about every day, like in 2020. So it's amazing how prescient it still is. Yeah, no, I I watched this and it felt so fresh, right? Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. about it that felt of a time. Like there's so much that just stands out of like, oh, this could totally this could totally happen. I mean, I guess maybe oh, yeah. it, this couldn't happen, obviously, in real life. But, like, it feels mo- it feels modern. Like, you could yeah. do this not in the context of the Cold War, like, you know, in the context of, you know, our modern era. And it would still it would still work incredibly well. I just think it's right. like, it, it's such Kubrick has a way of, like, punching, <laughs> punching these things in the face. Like, you know, like these, you know, like you talk about the military industrial complex kind of, uh, um, you know, really politics in, in general and and, you know, the idea of policies and backup plans. He just punches it in the face and then you're kind of like left there sitting there like laughing at what he's like trying to, you know, make fun of. But at the same time being like, well, that's kind of scary because like shit like that exists. Like I, I like I. I I wrestle with like how I feel about this movie. It's like equally terrifying and hilarious all at the same time, which I guess is the is the genius of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh. and I will say this is very. I I didn't look too much into this, but I read online that after this movie came out, there were certain policies that 
the U.S. government actually changed. Whether or not they were as extreme as like a nuclear war could be started by like, you know, James Mattis, I don't know. But um, it, the, it did say that it like raised some red flags. But before we head into the categories, just want to throw that out there. I actually want to um, to ask you guys one more thing. So I was reading uh, a review of this from back in the day. And apparently the original Kubrick script had the movie ending in a pie fight mm-hmm. yes, in yeah. the war room. And he yeah. decided that it was too slapsticky. They filmed what, it. I didn't. I so I didn't know that they filmed it. I just read. I just read. Have you seen? Like, is it on the internet somewhere? Can you see it? From what I, I understand, it's not available. There's but. screenshots. You can. There are. There's oh, okay. some. Well, maybe not screenshots. It's still it's pictures. Like, uh, yeah, still picked like set photographs okay. of the. Yeah. So it, it happened. They filmed it, but I don't believe that there is a copy anywhere to be found. Oh, yeah. That that is a wild thought. That this movie yeah. could have ended with with a pie fight. Yeah. Um, I just thought and that like, was like the a person, hilarious... the person he brought on to help him finish writing it actually added the character of Doctor Strangelove, I believe, which is like it's crazy to just hear these processes like mm-hmm. that the original iteration of this movie didn't even have that character. And he ends up being literally the name of the movie. But yeah, yeah it, interesting it, stuff. I did think it was an interesting choice uh, naming the movie after him. It's kind of a it's kind of a funny, you know, little uh I don't know. Just the, the it's an interesting choice. The best yeah. part about this though is I sat down and watched this uh, with my uh, I'm at my parents' house while we're remodeling um, my own place, and I sat down and watched it with my parents. And it comes on in black and white, and my dad goes, "Oh, I didn't know that this was in black and white." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And anyway, you know, we get through it, and then he goes, "This isn't a James Bond movie, is it?" And I go, <laughs> "No, no, not at all." He. They, both him and my mom got it confused with Dr. No. And they were oh, like, no. So they thought, like, they were like, hell yeah, let's watch an old James Bond movie. Love it. And then, like, yeah. totally were thrown. And my dad left in the So your parents would, would like to know that um, I, I read online also somewhere, again, not verified. We're not, uh, we're, we're not making any money off this podcast. So I don't mind throwing out erroneous facts. But I read <laughs> that. Stanley Kubrick loved Dr. No so much. I believe he actually used the set designer from Dr. No and the war room was actually based on a certain set in Dr. No. That the makes original that James Bond movie. So much, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, like the cavernous it. look. Yeah. Anyways, let's do it. Let's do some categories. Let's pop into some categories. Uh, first off, first off, we have our favorite performance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all going to give a couple of, uh, nominees. I think, yeah. you know, first and foremost, I'm going to, I'll, kick us off. I think obviously Peter Sellers is the, the standout, right? He mm-hmm. plays three different characters. Um, incredibly funny. Uh, he flexes a lot of different muscles in this movie, um, as Mandrake, as, uh, President M- Merkin Mufflery. Is that, mm-hmm. how, is that? And Doctor Strange Love. I just have to say, before we dive too deep, incredible character names in this movie. Yes. Just yeah. all down, oh all down the line. They all major, have double meanings. Yeah, Major King Kong, General Turgeson, I mean General Jack Ripper. Like General it is Jack so Ripper. it's so on the nose. <laughs> it's so on the nose. Uh but yes, I 
Peter Sellers, for me, um, obviously the standout. And I'm gonna let you guys like get you know to other ones. That was the one. Yeah. I, but I think my favorite performance uh, from him is actually as uh, the president, President Merkin. I think okay. I, that's like my favorite thing he's doing in the movie. I think it's just a hysterical, like his back and forth um, with you know the the Russian president and. Um, you know, just his whole, like that whole scene. And I guess we'll get into that scene, but him trying to figure out what the hell's going on and how this could possibly be happening and like Mm -hmm. why nobody can stop it, uh, is all time comedy. So, uh, Evan, why don't you kick us off with a a couple of other nominations? So my two, my first one is, uh, Sterling Hayden playing general Jack Ripper. Um, just unbelievable performance and you could tell that stanley kubrick is literally in love with this man he has the camera up so close to his face all the time um and he literally looks like he's on like lsd or something the entire movie as well um (laughs) my other pick is going to be slim pickens as major king kong just another outrageous performance (laughs) the fact that he goes and tosses on the cowboy hat within five minutes of showing up on screen and doesn't doesn't let it go until the very end scene um yeah, the, the those are my two picks. Oh, so so good. absolutely. Chip? I love. Oh yeah, I, I just love that. Like he's basically playing like Barney Fife from the Andy Griffith Show, mm-hmm. and it's like he's Barney Fife but in charge of nuclear weapons, and that's horrifying. Um, I'll I'll just do one more. Uh, George C. Scott as yeah. Buck Tur- Buck Turgenson. Yep. Oh my God, it's so stupidly over the top. But like this is what this is what Kubrick does in his his schemes and machinations. He told Scott that for these over the top uh, deliveries and line readings that they were just doing rehearsal shots. They were just getting blocking and lighting down. And then of course he uses those takes in the movie in order to get that ridiculous performance out of him. Like I think of that moment where uh, he uh, he slaps his belly on the phone when he's discussing the situation before he heads into the war room. And he's got like that open flannel shirt and shorts on with his secretary laying in bed. Just gives his belly a good old hard slap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's such a a, a comic performance. Yeah. He, his, his introduction to the screen. Um, I think obviously major Kong, you know, slim Pickens is pretty funny, but, uh, George Scott's like introduction on the screen with him just like you know with that young uh, young woman in the I think it looks like a an apartment or hotel room or mm-hmm. or whatever it is um and you know he's on the phone and he yeah he's hysterical he's hysterical so all right what who's your guys's you know who, who's your guys's nomination for like hey this is this is the performance um from this movie. It's Peter Sellers. Peter I mean, Sellers. Just yeah, yeah for the sheer effort. Yeah. I personally think his Mandrake is probably the the highlight. That's my I think favorite. Oh, uh, the the British etiquette, like yeah. prim proper drawl of it all. It's so fucking funny. Even when so it's funny. like nuclear war is about to happen, yeah. he's like fifty five cents for me, sir. Yeah, you know, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> you don't want to yeah, do that, no, that, old Jackie boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's when he's following him around right before Jack kills himself. And he's like picking up. He's like, oh, he goes, you dropped your gun. And then he's like, oh, going to get a nice <laughs> oh, little that's wash. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, we could <laughs> we could get right back at him. Just like we are there on the floor, old boy. Like that shit is so <laughs> fucking funny. It really is. His oh. dead leg. He's talking. <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, a that string is leg. Good. Yeah, that is good. Um, and- yeah, he's great. And you were right, Jed. My second favorite is definitely him as the president. That whole first give and take with um, George C. Scott is, I mean, talk about outrageous. Like the whole, yeah. like, I thought I was the only one who could order a, a strike. Well, you are, sir. 
Well, then I'm <laughs> thoroughly confused. <laughs> yeah, that I just, but I also just love, I think what put the president over the top for me is every time he's on the phone with the Russian president and yeah. nobody's talking and he does such a good job of reacting yes. to the, what we can't hear. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. It's like a bickering, it's like a bickering couple. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I'm also disappointed. Yeah. Well, I understand you might be more disappointed than me, but I'm also disappointed as well. In fact, mm-hmm. I think I'm more disappointed than you. It's like yeah. so. And he's like, well, it's at like least way, equal. Dimitri. Yeah, the way, Dimitri. The way, he, the way he tries to dance around, he goes, yeah, well, one of our generals just did this silly, silly little thing. <laughs> what did he do? Yeah. Oh, he just, you know, set out an attack on <laughs> <in> your country. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% Peter Sellers. I mean, he's yeah triple. He plays three characters. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Incredible. Um, I, like, tried to think about, uh, is there anybody that could, like, do that today and, like, pull that off? Because I think uh, he looks he looks pretty different, actually, in all, like, different enough where if you're kind does. of passively watching, you wouldn't notice it's the same guy. But I'm saying, is there someone that you could put in this role today, like, that could play those three parts? I've got, I've got two names off the top of my head, uh, Tom Hardy and Christian Bale. I love I love the Tom Hardy call. I like the Tom Hardy call too because I think you know he Christian likes to. Get, I feel like I'd get like a hernia watching him try that hard. <laughs> uh, so I'll throw one name at out at you guys, and this is gonna be off the wall, and you guys are probably gonna laugh. I'm not saying he could do it. I'm just saying I'd like to see him try. Jason Bateman. Okay. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Do you want to hear? Want to hear mine? Sure. I think Robert Downey Jr. I think he could. Oh yeah. I, I think he could do this because he could do the manic, frantic thing. The only one that would be hard for me to see is like I it would be a little bit harder would be the Doctor Strangelove part because like that like really physical comedy. But I think he could do then he could do Mandrake and and uh, Merkin. Yeah. Also, yeah. Stanley yeah. Kubrick named the president of the United States after. A wig for pubic hair. Like we yep. haven't <laughs> talked about that enough. We have yeah. not talked about that enough. Incredible. He, Stanley Kubrick and I have the same uh, opinion of the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly not a fan. Oh, all right. Well, favorite performance: Peter Sellers by a long shot. Before we move yeah. on, uh, quick shout out: James Earl Jones, his first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really he's great. Cool. The final 15 minutes, he he has some great stuff. Yeah, he <laughs> does. Um, awesome. So moving on, yeah. let's talk about our favorite scenes. Um, I think we've probably touched on a few of them, but Evan, give me uh, two of your favorite scenes. So two of my favorite scenes, um, the first report from the war room when George C. Scott shows up um, and the first time you see the war room and the back and forth between he and the president uh, leading to him calling the um, uh, Russian ambassador down. And then my second will be um, – I'm torn. Okay, I'm going to go uh, the whole fluoride speech from General Ripper to Mandrake with mm-hmm. the bullets flying in and them having like a pretty calm conversation on the couch um, <laughs> yeah. where Mandrake just looks terrified and, and Ripper like has his arm around him. Um, mm-hmm. Those are those are the two I'll, I'll run with. All right, Chip. 
Yeah, um, I'll do. I really like the introduction to uh, General Turgeson's character in that hotel room with his uh, secretary, and he's mm-hmm. off screen for most of it. I think it's actually all in in one take. Am I correct in that? It, I didn't see a cut until I think at one point when he's on the phone, they flip okay. around to the backside of him. But you're right. It's like at least like four and a half minutes leading up yeah. to that. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's really funny to see that the secretary like kind of knows she calls the other general Freddie on the phone, but then calls him, you know, general, what's his face off the, off the phone talking to mm-hmm. the general. Um, also, I, just the, the final scene ending. I mean, yeah, the oh, my God, you've got Dark Strangelove describing, you know, eugenics to uh, make the human race survive. And then Turgeson is like, does this mean that we don't have to be monogamous anymore? And yeah. He's like excited about not marrying his secretary. And he uses the term mine shaft gap, which like, I can't oh, even imagine how funny yeah. that must've been in 1964. I mean, that's uh, just brilliant wordplay. Uh, and then of course, Dr. Strangelove shouting up, uh, I can walk my fewer mm-hmm. needle drop, mushroom clouds, brilliant ending. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I think the other ones I'll throw out there uh, is, you know, King Kong's, like, the first when they get the order on the plane. Yeah. And, like, yeah. when they go through. And Told like, you not to be some, playing games on the plane, boys. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. Just some absolutely great, like, one, one-liners in there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, I think you guys, uh, you guys got most of it. I say, I think my last one is... The whole interaction, I don't remember the character's name, but the guy uh, that picked, like, basically finds Mandrake with the dead, uh, with uh, Ripper's dead body. Yeah. And he's trying to escort him out, and uh, Mandrake's trying to make the phone call. And the, their whole, like, back and forth of him, like, how do you think, what do you think is going to happen to you if you do not let me call this president of the United States? And yeah. Like, he has, yeah. the guy has no idea what's going on, and uh, it ends with him. You're like, going to have to answer to Coca Cola. Cola Company. Oh, yes. my God. That's so that's private about, property. Yeah, yeah. There's something really meta, by one. the way, about like if you don't get the president online, you're gonna have to answer to the Coca-Cola company. Like they're the end yeah. all they're the end all be all. I yeah. really love that. But I think for me, all right. um, I think it's I think it's it's the war room. The first war room briefing. Um we actually hang out there for, for quite a long time. Long it kind time. of goes from the president's first briefing uh to this is a total disaster yeah uh, and then turgeson's case for like well what we could do is just like double down and like send yeah. over more bombs to blow everything <laughs> up yeah uh and then also him breaking the news to the russian president so like that mm-hmm. is all one like long sequence i think it's like that takes the cake yeah i'm good with that for sure i, I i'm really good with that one as well okay awesome there you go uh all right picked by us kudos to great us pick all right now on to our favorite shot uh this one will be interesting because it it kind of takes place in like a few relatively stagnant set pieces so i'll be interested to see kind of like what everybody chose uh chip give me two yeah i mean you referenced it kubrick loves his static shots so you don't have as many to choose from in his long takes um I will go uh, the shot of Major Kong falling from the B-52. He's riding the nuclear mm-hmm. bomb, you know, like a cowboy, yippee-ki-yay in his way down. Uh, you know, he's a cowboy riding a missile. A little, little phallic there, but anyway, we'll back off that uh, take again. Yeah. 
Um, I, I also love there's a shot of General Ripper smoking his cigar and he's breaking down to Ripper that he is starting a nuclear war or not to not to Ripper. He's breaking down to Mandrake that he's starting a nuclear war. But the camera is like positioned almost in his lap and looking yes. up at him. You know, that's kind of a Kubrick favorite. You know, it reminds me of that shot in The Shining of Jack uh, pleading with Shelley on the side of the cellar door. It's looking up at him. Um, and and that he gets like the character gets a little more ridiculous later. But in that shot, it's like pretty dark still. And like pretty scary that this guy is about to start nuclear holocaust all because he believes commies are bad. And then he gets to be a conspiracy theorist and becomes a little bit silly. But I think that shot is pretty scary. Definitely. Um, my two are the shot that he has uh, of the war room, not like from like a back at a distance, but right when you're behind people's heads. And so you get the glow of like that halo light. You know, that's mm-hmm. around the t- around the table. Um, I love every time he went to that. He goes to that a couple times. Uh, and then I think maybe the shot that is like just the most um, venomous from Kubrick is when all of the soldiers are raiding the Air Force Base and they're firing, you know, they're firing at the Air Force Base. It's just chaos around. And right in the middle of the frame is that billboard that says, yes. this is our profession. Yep. Yes. Fucking love that shot. I love one. that shot. It's so good. And that, I mean, obviously that poster is kind of in a bunch of different things. Like I think, you know, in a lot of the speeches that Ripper gives, you know, that poster's in the background of his office as well. But that one for me was like, I, I just really enjoyed the framing of it. No doubt. Evan. Yeah. So um, one I'm going to double up on that one that Chip was talking about is oh, like kind of by far my favorite shot of the movie, um, the underneath shot. And it's actually like you can look at it as a still image of General Ripper. Um, but he, I mean, he sits there for it's an extended two and a half minute monologue um, mm-hmm. with just like basically the bottom of his chin. It is so menacing. I mean, he looks legitimately terrifying in that shot. It's the one point in the movie where I have no smile. I nothing. Every yeah. basically every other scene in the movie, I can find some type of humor in it. And in that scene, it sets the tone for like how serious this whole endeavor is if if you actually look at it that way um anyways i'm going too long in that one that's my that's one choice my second choice is similar to the one that you talked about jed but early on when they first go to the war room there's a really wide overhead shot and it's basically perfectly centered it reminded me almost of like a wet like a dark wes anderson shot um it's like the big (laughs) circle it's like the big circle they have like a halo of lights over all the guys and then the big board is centered right up above them um and it's just it's on, like a really look at the big board look at the big look board, the big board. The big board. he's gonna see the big, the big board. board that's yeah. precisely the point general um <laughs> yeah i think that's like the that's the shot that like i knew from this yeah from this yeah even before. that's the like that's like yeah. the famous the war, that's like the, the film school this is how you light shit yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man yeah that's good there's so many good choices um and I mean, I think all of the flying sequences are done yeah. really well for this for the '60s too. I uh, agree. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, man, this is a this is a really tough one for me. Like, I think the 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 chalk answer is that one you're talking about, Evan. Like the most famous shot of the the initial shot of the war room, um, mm-hmm. in the big board. Um, but I think I want to. I kind of want to give it to. That shot of Ripper that you guys both like. Yeah. 
I think, I think filmmaking like, wise, that's the coolest one. Like cinematography it's wise, such, maybe. It's such a choice. It's such a yeah. choice to do. Like he didn't have to like doing a giant big wide shot of a set is like, hey, look where we are, right? Like he had to introduce, you know, that set piece, but he didn't have to to do that, right. that angle and do it that way. And I think it just makes him shooting him from like down below. It just makes him look so powerful yeah. in that moment. And like you said, I agree. It's the it's like one of the parts of the movie where I'm I'm like actually like, okay, this is a serious movie again. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing on like what we perceive as being like the powerful, all controlling. I mean, he looks like a God kind of like in that shot, he looks huge. He looks larger than life and he's puffing a big cigar and he has like almost a little five o'clock shadow. Like he looks like just the most stereotypical down the line. Who's supposed to be in charge making the calls like that. So I, good job by us again. I like that. Yeah. Choice. Great, great job by us. That That's a, you know, most people would go for the other one, but you know, we're sophisticated uh, movie watchers. We yeah, we go for the the unexpected pick. We get in there. Okay, love it. Favorite shot. Now on to I think the most packed category for this movie, and it's favorite line because it is it is just like pick your poison. It, it, there's a lot of good stuff here. Chip, I want you to kick us off with what are your two favorite lines from this movie. Oh man, uh, my this first one, you know, I'm a, a red-hearted uh, commie bastard. I really love the line. Um, he's offered the cigar and he says, "I do not support the work of imperialist stooges." And the American says, "Ah, only commie stooges, eh?" <laughs> okay, that, is, that, is, that is also that what one. I smoke. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, someone has to say it, gentlemen. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. Yeah, that's the oh, you have, so- like. I know it's listen. It's Ah, the, every single comedy writer who has ever lived has strived to make such a perfect line, and most of them have failed. I can't imagine something so funny and succinct and perfectly timed and, and perfectly delivered as well uh, in that moment. And they're, they, they, don't, they don't cut away after that joke. You know, the conversation keeps going. The camera is still on them. I feel like any other director, if he has that line, he can just like drop everything and end the movie. Like, this is the best movie ever made. This is the funniest line ever. Go home. But no, it, it keeps going. Um, but ugh, just brilliant. Just fucking brilliant. Yeah. Good. Unbelievable. Evan. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with two. And one one is a little bit longer. Um, but I had to go with it because I think it's so prescient to, like, we were talking about conspiracy theories and stuff. And reasoning with conspiracy theorists is, like, nearly impossible and I think Kubrick like made that apparent in this line. So it's Mandrake talking to uh, General Ripper. He says, I'm what you might call a water man, Jack. That's what I am. And I can swear to you, my boy. I swear to you that nothing's wrong with my bodily fluids. Not a thing, Jackie. Like really trying to <laughs> earnestly convince somebody that because you drink water, like you're a normal functioning human is just like also, one of the most basic things of all time. Also, just the delivery of that. I drink a ton of water. I'm what you might call a water man. As in, I'm like, what you might call a water man. Yeah. <laughs> Not a normal amount of human water. Like, this man is a water man. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great point. And then the other one is part of that unbelievable back and forth when um, the president keeps making obvious 
um, <laughs> observations about the situation, and General Turgenton just does not want to admit that the armies have fall or the military is at fault at all. Mm-hmm. And he finally says uh, something about how you know this is a terrible policy, and General Turgenton goes, "Well, uh." I uh, don't think it's quite fair to condemn a whole program because of a single slip-up, sir. Yeah. As they're about to <laughs> bomb half of Russia. <laughs> Turgidson's Tur- lines, I think, are not, like, on the face always the funniest. But, like, dude, he has some hilarious, hilarious ones. Like, Here's when, when uh, the president's, like, talking about Ripper and goes, this man is a psychotic and then Turgeson yeah. goes, I'd prefer not to make any assumptions till all the facts are in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was like the line right before this one too. Yeah, it was or, so great. Or when he's trying to, he's trying to convince the president that we need to like double down and just like bomb the shit out of Russia. And he goes, he goes, if we do this, no more than 10, 20 million people will be killed tops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love uh, the president. The tops. Yeah, tops. The president says, uh, I'd like to not go down. It's the biggest mass murderer since Adolf Hitler. And he goes, well, sir, I'd like you to be thinking about the American people rather than your place in the history books. Turgidson's <laughs> <laughs> the funniest character be, right? He's, he's the funniest guy. He's yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, mineshaft no, uh, gap is still far and away oh, his, his well, funniest line. That love- shit is unbelievable. The funny thing is the line that I I had written down before the mineshaft gap is the one I liked is when the Russian ambassador uh, is going, we were afraid of a doomsday gap. When he's explaining the doomsday doomsday gap. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, he just, Kubrick just rips apart the idea of like the space race and like the nuclear arms race to shreds in like four minutes. Oh, it's a doomsday gap. Um, it would only work if you told everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We. I. Well, Jed, I know. Wait until you have your right. two in before I say that we fucked up by not putting in more strange love quotes. But <laughs> well, strange love quotes are just so fucking out there that they're it's like, unbelievable. Um, uh, the one I I kind of said a lot of mine. Uh, the other two that I had, you guys had a lot of good ones. Um, are from uh Major Kong. Oh, Ripper wouldn't be giving us Plan R unless those Ruskies had already clobbered Washington. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good impression too. Just honestly, anything that that Slim Pickens says in this movie is fucking so good, so much incredible. Comedy. And then Turgenson, right when he's like, you know, he's like on the phone and he's like talking to his secretary, and she clearly doesn't understand what's going on. And he's about ready to leave. She's like, where are you going? He's like, yeah, I thought I might mosey on over to the war room. Like, just like, yeah. so casual. <laughs> I'm going to mosey on over there. Um, It's uh, also great then, when she calls him in the war room. He's like, you can't call me here. Don't you know where I am? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, of course it isn't only physical. I deeply respect you as a human being. Someday yeah. I'm going to make you fuck <laughs> Turgeson. Yeah. Oh, dude. I deeply respect you as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> oh man or that whole the whole speech at the end when he's asking him he's like like do, does does the pilot have a chance of like evading oh my god yeah. missiles? and he goes does he have a chance hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then he catches himself he's like oh, oh, oh never mind. he said you should see it sometime sir they fly so low in the big guys the 52s <laughs> yeah he's like they fly so so low exhaust me roasting the chickens <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
the other by the way the other the other good one is uh from from major kong after they get they get uh attacked and they get hit by the missile and he goes Woo-wee! if we were flying any lower we'd be needing sleigh bells like, yeah <laughs> Okay. Anything else that we missed? All right. Let's just give like the floor to any strange love quotes that we want to get out there. Um, God, they're so long. They're kind of like almost little mini soliloquies. I know. I mean, that's why we made it would not up. be difficult. Mind Fuhrer is like, I mean, that's like probably the most shocking line of the movie the first time you see it. Cause yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the whole movie kind of comes out of left field, but that line comes out of like, you know the 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 field at the end of Interstellar that's just off the world. It just is like that's like where that line comes from. You just have yeah. no idea why it's there or where it came from. But yeah, I agree. Um, the, also, just the physical comedy of, towards the end when he can't keep that one gloved hand from like, oh my doing god. Absolute... Yeah. <laughs> and at one point it, it starts. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it starts choking him. Like yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would have been like to, to be in that room. Any any other quotes that anybody wants to get out there? Um, I don't think so. I think I think the best quote is pretty easy though. Yeah, yeah it's, you, we're gonna you get can't find here. This is the war room, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I mean, it's, it's like it's the one of the best lines in movie history. I feel. Yeah, like. it's like it's like Chip said. It's the line that like anybody wishes they could write. It's so yeah. it's so short. It's so quick. It almost makes you do a double take. Like how funny it is in. Yeah, I that's it's so easy for me. That's yeah. that's a hundred percent fine. And they hit it so quick. That's what I mean by this movie just like wrecking satire after it. Yeah, yeah they don't. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of satire, they kind of they take a a brief minute to like pause to like let you. They yeah. Want, they like, like they wink. Do you get yeah. it? They're like yeah. yeah. Like, do you get it? This movie doesn't do that. Like if you if no. you're not paying attention for a second, like it's just because. It's so much funnier. They crack like 17 jokes. Like we haven't even talked about the whole part, like Mandrake's speech to him. And he's like, it'll be back there, like in the room with your bullets. And I was feeding you and you were yelling yeah. at me. Feed me. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's what I mean. That part is outrageous when he's like back on the floor, old boy. Like, yeah, it's it is so unbelievable. Funny. Yeah, it's just non. It's just nonstop. I just think honestly. I mean, we didn't even talk about selling. we didn't even talk about General Ripper's suicide part that part is outrageous it's <laughs> fucking wild he's it's absolutely bathroom. wild he's like oh are you gonna have a shave old boy very good and uh well yeah. i'll play a guessing game to figure out the code from you have a nice yeah shave he's like wash up the old neck <laughs> <laughs> yeah no because he's literally dropping the gun he goes oh you dropped your gun and then he hands him he like hands him his jacket and he goes yeah. oh gonna have a wash up very good very good we'll get- yeah yeah <laughs> It's like everything will be better. And then he walks back over to the desk and this code that they've been waiting for the whole time, this fool has literally written 850 times on one sheet of binder paper. <laughs> yeah, Ripper was kind of an idiot. Like his plan was brilliant, but also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it, it's it's you can't fight in here. This is the war room. 100%. Yeah. But this yeah. is just a, I mean, it, it is just an all time. <laughs> all time but mine shaft gap is like oh so it, on another point it's it's uh i mean talk about like being able to write this stuff i mean that's like you dream of being able to write a callback like that 
because they talked mm-hmm. about the gap earlier. Mr. President, we must not allow a mineshaft gap. That is just <laughs> wild. I also yeah. just that whole that whole sequence of them like, like they're like, oh yeah, we might have to live underground for a hundred years as civilization. Yeah. Then they're like, but we got to make sure that we have like the best stuff because Russia will take over when they come back. Yeah, like the out bombs. of the holes in a hundred years. Bombs down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Strange Love coming around to like kind of seeing what they're trying to get at and just being like, yes, and of course because you know they're gonna have to be desirable because men will have to do a lot of work as far as repopulating goes. All the women will have to be like inviting or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's so I mean it's so ridiculous. But you know it's funny. You know what's funny is like my head. I could not get it out of my head when they were talking about like living underground in the mines and then like 10, 10 men to or 10 women to every man yeah. for reproductive purposes. I just kept thinking of the Mad Max Fury Road guy. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like, right. Exactly. Just, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that wow. was fun. Uh, yeah. Those were the categories. Uh, favorite performance, obviously Peter Sellers. I think we all agree. You know, mm-hmm. this movie isn't isn't this movie without Peter Sellers. Um, favorite scene, the initial war room uh, interaction. Our favorite shot, uh, that low shot of General Ripper. And our favorite line, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. Before we get on to our grades, uh, did Rach like it? Rach is my fiance when we do these single uh, movie pods. We always like to gauge how the she's general population. Oh, sorry, she's my wife now. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, I, I got this also lot. rehearsed. I've got this also rehearsed in my uh in my head. Um, but Big did wife, she I like know. it? No, she did not. She walked out in like the first like 25 minutes. She was just like, oh, I don't man. know if this is this is. She's like, I don't know if this is the mood I'm in. So like, okay, fair enough. You know, whatever like maybe i'll get her to watch it because i don't think she fought through to the the funny parts which is like kind of when i got you know absolutely locked in um but with that being said it's time for our grades evan kick us off what what do you grade grade this movie um i have it as so this week, watching it twice, it bumped it. I had it as an A going in. I had it at about a 96. I'm putting it at a 97 and getting into into that A+. I, wow. I just – there are not comedies to do this. I, I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know you know, how he came up with even the idea as far as the screenwriting I get – you know, it's based on a on a book that's not satirical whatsoever. And the author mm-hmm. of the book, from what I understand, was not super juiced about his story becoming a satirical telling uh, on screen. Um, but the performances that he got out of people, the the way it's so smart and snappy in that this movie will leave you behind. There are times like when Mandrake finally gets the coins to make the call to the president. And at that point, we don't even know if he has the right code. And then the next scene is the president and everyone in the war room after they've already given the order to all the planes to back off and not attack. So that means they got the right code. Like this movie does things that makes you keep up with it. Um, And it makes it smarter 
because of it, because it's not explaining, like we're talking about, it's not explaining every step of the way exactly what's happening or why people are doing what they're doing. You kind of have to, to catch up as you go. Um, and there's just, there's just not a wasted minute in this movie, which is, it's hard to say for, you know, there, there are plenty of wonderful movies out there that have five minute sequences that you can cut. And this movie just doesn't have a single one. So a plus for me. Wow. Chip. I agree. Uh, airtight as hell. This is a this is an A plus for me. I, I alluded to it earlier. Um, it's hard for me to rank Kubrick movies. Uh, each one of them is such a singular experience, but this is definitely in the top tier. You know, whatever whatever you would call the top tier of Kubrick, this is yeah. absolutely there in that uh, five star A plus category. Um, you know, it's it's one of the two or three best war movies of all time as well. I think I'd probably put Apocalypse Now and maybe Dunkirk in that category. Um, Woo! But I mean, not not to get not to get too much of a hot take in there. Um, <laughs> but obviously, it's very it's very different than those movies. Um, Apocalypse Now is very different from Dunkirk, and this is very different from both of those. Um, something I, I just love, like I think my last thought on this movie is really just how funny it is that they keep playing uh, when Johnny comes marching home. Whenever yeah. they cut into the B-52 yeah. and Major Kong is, you know, giving his his speeches and rousing his little troops. And you've just got the little drums in the background or a little bit of a choir, little whistle going on. And I like to imagine that they're actually playing that song in the plane, you know, and that's just who they are. These, right. you know, kids going to play war. Yeah, that's that's really funny. I, I've always forgot about that. Like, I didn't forget. But that's I've been humming it for like four straight days now. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, yeah, man, this was a really tough one to grade for me, and I think maybe just because I hadn't, I hadn't seen it before, right? So it's like it's so, I find it so hard to put these types of movies in context. You know, uh, what forty five years later, right? Mm-hmm um no, 65 60 years yeah sorry yeah uh 55 years later 55 okay yeah 64 um, yeah, yeah 56 whatever um we're not good at math on this podcast no worries podcast oh you were closer i was just trying to um i i gave it an a minus is what i ended up giving it i think upon continued repeat viewings um it could be, it could definitely continue to be bumped up. Like I honestly, like talking about it, like even though I just watched the other talking about it has made <laughs> me want to like bump it up a little bit more. Just like like remembering things and like I don't know about you guys, yeah. but like for me, some of the best parts of funny movies is just ripping off those lines. It's not even when you oh, hear yeah. them the first time, yeah. it's like ripping them off and you know laughing about them again. Um, so but I give it an A minus. I could really, I mean, obviously this is a an all-time all-time great movie and a classic so um you know you guys you know gave it the the justice it deserves and i'm sure this is going to rise in my estimation um as i continue to watch it which and i will definitely be returning to it that's the one thing that i i know about this movie is i'm definitely going to return to it because it's enjoyable and like you said evan it's a it's not quite a tight 90 but it's like a tight 100 i think it's an hour pretty close yeah Um, you know, one thing I wanted to mention before we signed off, we didn't talk about the fact that another like parallel to today, the when the Russian ambassador, um, when they're talking about the doomsday device and he's like, you guys are working on it too. And the president's like, I know nothing of this. What, who is your source? And he goes, 
the New York Times, and yeah. no one responds. <laughs> like, no one refutes it at all. They're just like, oh, well, if the Times said it, it must be true. <laughs> Evan coming in with a, with, with a fake news adjacent take there. Yeah, I was just, it was funny. I'd love to, that was the one part that I was like, I feel like I know exactly what Kubrick thinks of all these institutions. Yes. And by that line, I'm not sure what he thinks of or thought <laughs> at the time of the New York Times or, or like, you know, national media. I, I was interested, but that was just a funny how that was like thrown in there. And that was like mm. the only thing we ever heard of it. But yeah, yeah. that was really that was really funny. But, it definitely like I said, it, it felt the movie felt so, so modern. I mean, like, yeah, some of so like I mean, the Turgis character is like, walking this earth today. <laughs> yeah he's walking yeah answer. he's like uh, yeah he's like a john bolton under study right yeah or the something. only character who's like not at all realistic is is dr strangelove himself really i feel like i mean i like obviously people they, are turned up the nazis look them. different these days you know the nazis are still out there they just oh yeah right the they look, the yeah. are very yeah, they look a lot, a lot different these days. I was gonna say, yeah, um, and and they talk a lot more like General Hayden, or I mean General uh, Ripper, Turgeson. played by Sterling Hayden. Oh, well, both of them. They they talk like both Ripper and Turgeson. Both yeah, I guess that's true. All about their bodily fluids, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they need to hold. Right. Denies women his essence. I finally found that quote. Just <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable thing to say. <laughs> unbelievable way to describe not getting laid. <laughs> 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 that's, what I'm gonna, that's what i'm gonna say to all my buddies from now on it's like it's like oh how, how have things been man i have just been denying women my essence lately yeah. i gotta I gotta, I gotta I gotta break out of that the ultimate explanation oh. <laughs> all right all right that was a lot of fun uh what a what an all-time classic movie. Thank you guys uh, for recommending this as a, a podcast episode because this was a ton of fun. I'm happy that I, I finally got around to watching this. Um, yeah, absolutely. On the pod next week, we are doing Logan Lucky versus – that's right. It's our second ever versus episode. Logan Lucky versus Knives Out. It is the mm-hmm. Daniel Craig accent showdown for everybody – that saw Knives Out and said, oh, where'd this accent from Daniel Craig come? Well, you're going to find out. Watch Logan Lucky. Uh, we're super excited. I think this is going to be a really fun comparison. They're not like a million miles away from each other as far as genre goes, but they're definitely not the exact same. So I think it'll be uh, an interesting um, comparison. Also wanted to mention, the week after next, we will be doing our James Bond movie draft so if you haven't started your rewatch of all the bond movies get going because you got a lot of ground to cover we've been working on it for a while if you watch Uh, about one and a half a night from now until then you'll get there (laughs) yeah (laughs) when you put it that way that's so absurd (laughs) oh it'll be fun yeah no it's gonna be a ton of fun uh i'm really looking forward to that episode uh james bond is like a huge part of why I love movies, um, but super excited for next week. Super excited uh, for the James Bond episode. A lot of fun stuff coming up for Flicking and Screaming. I've been Jed Sprague. That's Evan Fagundis and J. Chipman. Good night, everybody. See ya. Good night. <laughs>